back to Book Talks Podcast. This is Kayla. And Marissa. <laughs> this week we read 56 Days by Katherine Ryan Howard. So this was the first COVID book I think I've ever read. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. Actually, I was. Um, I told my mom about this book. And I told her that it was interesting not only to read about the start of COVID, but to read about it from a European's perspective. Because this took place in Dublin, right? Dublin? Yeah, it's Ireland. So. Yeah. Ireland. And obviously everyone had slightly different experiences, but like they really took their lockdown seriously, I think. And I mean, I don't know if the U.S. did in general or not, but I know in Arizona where I was, it definitely wasn't taken as seriously as this book describes. I feel like they were late to the game, though, and also aren't serious about masks. Mm, you're right. They were serious about, like, you couldn't leave your house. You couldn't go, like, two kilometers, but you don't want to wear masks. Like, whenever those alarms went off, like, no one wore a mask. Also, though, we were in the suburbs during, like, this part of COVID. Like, when it got a little better, we felt like we were back in the city. But there was no neighbors, like, hounding you for having guests and stuff. Yeah, no, I forgot about that, though. When she had a panic attack in the supermarket, no one was wearing masks. And she felt very, like, closed in. Lots of people were there. And I was thinking, okay, that sounds like a COVID spreader party. Like, except it's at the supermarket. <laughs> it's kind of weird going back to that time in life because we all try to, like, escape it. And this book, like, brought us back to, like, the beginning of it all. And I remember, like, those beginning days, too, when we were in the office and we're like, are we going home or are we not? And it was really weird, like, living through that again with the characters. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting book if you haven't read one about COVID yet. I don't think there's many out there. I, okay, so I definitely did think there were a lot of twists and turns. So we will be spoiling. You want to give the typical spoiler warning? Spoiler warning. If you've not read this book, do not listen to this in any means because, yeah, we will just be reading the entire book because I don't think you can talk about it without it. Like every other book, we're going to talk about the ending. The ending's the best part. Um... Or maybe not. The middle is the best part, but you got to talk about the whole book. So we're diving in. So I, whoever listens to podcasts normally knows we don't like books that hop around time periods. But I didn't mind this. Really? Because I felt like details were revealed when needed. Yeah. Like whenever he was telling her about what happened and it would hop back to her like 70 days ago and she was like plotting this whole I'm going to meet like meet him and find out what happens. I felt like we revealed information as it went on. So I did feel like the author did a really good job with that. I agree the author did a good job with that. I still didn't love it because I felt like it disrupted my flow with the book. I would be really into Sierra's story. Sierra? Sierra? I would be really into her story. And then it would randomly flip to his point of view about the same event that happened 40 pages ago. Like, like we've moved on from that event, and suddenly we were back in time in his point of view. And so then I was like, okay, I'm rereading the same thing that already happened. I did think it was interesting, though, that she used some of the same, literally the same sentences from Ciara's point of view to Oliver's point of view, and would just change, like, one little thing within the sentence to kind of indicate the difference in how they viewed it. It was really interesting in the beginning, because you would... When you didn't know she was, like, plotting this whole time, 
she would always talk about how nervous she was. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was because she was, like, dating a guy the first time. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I get so nervous, too. Yeah. Like, this is so me. And realized she, she's just nervous because she's she's dating a child killer. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever she's like, I get nervous when he touches me or something like that. I was like, oh, like, she's just insecure. Mm-hmm. Like, no. <laughs> no, she was nervous for different reasons. Valid reasons. <laughs> no, that was very... And... The whole beginning part really threw me off because even going back to the fact, though, because she, I feel like she was overthinking the whole date thing, the whole beginning of the book, like, oh, is he going to text me? Is he going to call me? And she's talking about how nervous she was. And it really throws me off to now because, I don't know, I feel like it was just, it's weird to think about why she was doing it in the first place. Yeah, and also where she thought it was going to end up. Because obviously when we're reading through her perspective, we think it's all about dating him. Like you said, she's nervous because maybe she likes him and she hasn't been on a date in a while. And so then when you find out she set this whole thing up basically to get answers about someone who was a child killer. I mean, he was a child when he killed a child. But anyway, also that gave me very Child Brunswick vibes from A Good Girl's Guide to Murder. But anyway, I don't know what her end goal was because Obviously, they went on dates. They ended up moving in together, sleeping in the same room together. And at no point was she like, you know, this this is too much. Maybe, maybe I should take a step back. Like, she just kept going with it. I think she really liked him. I think she did, too. Which, which <laughs> makes the ending really kind of sad. I feel like she should have called the cops on him. I mean, she should have called help for him. Well, I don't... I understand why she just let him die. Yeah, so he... Okay, so obviously, spoiler, right? He is the guy who killed this other kid. And her brother was also convicted of murdering the kid. And, you know, you find out their stories were different. Who who instigated it? And it turns out, really, Oliver was the one who instigated it. But, again, they were kids... They were like 12 years old when they killed this other kid. And obviously, murder's wrong anytime. But it seemed like Oliver had turned his life around. And so for her to be like, just kidding, even though we've built this really great relationship and I'm in love with you, I'm just going to let you die because, because why? Like, why? Yeah, I didn't think that was like, I don't know. I felt like she was just as bad as he was for letting him die. And, like, didn't feel guilty at all. Well, the thing is, I think hers was worse because not only did she let him die, she let him die on purpose and then cleaned her prints off of everything and got away with it. And, yeah, no guilt. It almost felt premeditated at that point, even though we read it and we were like, no, it just happened in the moment. I feel like hers is so much worse because it happened as an adult, and she knew the consequences, and she's like, mm, I'm just going to let you drown. But also the fact that, like, I don't know, like, she's a good actress. And she said that even at the end, because she, like, basically fake falls in love with this guy. And he's also suspicious from the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. he, he's always like, oh, like, she studied me. And then he's like, oh, no, like, she just knows this stuff. No, and she legit studied everything. And then also, I would not move in with a guy that I went on a date for three times the beginning of quarantine, like, over my dead body. And not tell anyone. <laughs> she, neither of them told anyone. So either of them could have been a murderer. And as it turns out, they're both murderers. <laughs> but, but, like, she told no one she was moving in with this random guy who she knew had a history of violence. 
<laughs> what was she thinking? How do you come up with an idea like this? <laughs> yeah, Catherine Ryan Howard, ma'am, what was going through your head during quarantine? <laughs> she was saying she was like making cocktails and going on Zoom calls during quarantine. No, she's thinking about murder, like different <laughs> angles of murder. Yeah, the the book was really dark and twisted at the end. I really didn't like that she left him to die. I feel like it says no one deserves a redemption arc. And also it tells me that the main character that I was rooting for was not a good person. So like, it was just very twisted. Yeah, I do feel like he turned his life around. I did get mad at him when he lied about the situation whenever she did ask for the truth. And he like basically like flipped it. Yeah. But I still feel like he redeemed himself in the end. It does suck that like... I think they brought up the whole court case thing, and we've talked about court in other podcasts and, like, how image affects it and, like, how her brother got more time because he didn't look as polished as Oliver did. Also, use a better fake name. <laughs> yeah, literally the fact that every single person in the book was like, Oliver, I bet he's using his mother's maiden <laughs> name. Yep, he is. <laughs> like, change your first name, change something. Yeah. Also, how is he so rich? Was he rich? I don't know. He's always paying for everything. Oh, and he did live in a really nice apartment. Oh, but the that company paid work, for that. But, like, he did go to school. Like, I think he was an like, architecture for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I thought, like, when you go to jail, like, you owe a lot of money. <laughs> I, I don't know. What jail, maybe <laughs> jail is different in other places, but, like, don't you play, like, bail and stuff? Well, that's to get and out of jail. work off that money. Well, but he didn't. He probably didn't have bail oh. posted. He went to juvie. He didn't go. It's not like he went to federal prison. He went to juvie. Do they have federal prison in Ireland? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Pro- <laughs> probably. Do they call it federal prison? I got really confused what they call the cops. I forget what it's. Oh, oh it the the terms in this book, these British terms, man. I, yeah. Oh, they kept calling them like guardy. I don't know. I didn't like the way they were referring to the cops. Yeah. Like, I was, and also, I didn't understand. Well, they got so much backstory of the cops. I thought the girl and the guy cop were going to fall in love. And that didn't happen. And also, the guy at the the guy cop at the end was basically just like, we don't need to look into this further. We can just let it drop. And I was like, no, you do need to look into this further. <laughs> Why? And it's okay. <laughs> I was like, it did not make any sense that they thought Oliver could have turn the water on, turn the water off, and then still drown himself. Well, they thought the cop turned it off. The junior cop. Well, no. they Well, they knew the junior cop turned off a drip. But uh, one of their theories was, like, the coroner said he could have potentially turned it off himself. But I was thinking the water would have drained down before he drowned if he turned it off himself. Unless, yeah. I mean, he was plugging the drain well, they said that he was, like, just breathing it. He was, like, in a puddle on the floor, and he was just breathing in water. Like, he wasn't, like, actually drowning, drowning. He just, like, breathed in enough water that, like, it infiltrated mm. his lungs. So he could have turned it off and still been sitting in a puddle. I like, don't think it would have evaporated. I think he was, like, on the floor floor. I don't know. I feel like if someone had wiped the prints down in the entire house, yeah. that would have been a giveaway. indication to maybe look into it a little more. But I guess they were, like, literally the dead end. Like, there was no way to track her. Like, she used a burner phone. She texted him goodbye. Yeah. She thought through 
she really knew how to get away with murder. Her and Pip should team up. <laughs> Start a podcast together. <laughs> how to get away with murder 101. <laughs> no, I, and that's why I almost feel like it was premeditated. That's why I question what her end goal was, if it was to kill him, because all the things she set up along the way allowed her to get away with it. Whenever we found out that she was related to, I thought at the time, the victim of who died. Because mm-hmm. whenever I talk about, like, her dad killed himself after and her mother was never the same, I really thought, like, oh, her brother just yeah. died. And I thought the whole time she was planning to murder him as yeah. revenge. But so maybe she was. It did seem like she fell in love with him, though. I really feel like if he had it confessed what he confessed, they would have lived happily ever after. <laughs> AKA, if you're gonna lie, stick to the lie. I didn't get the whole point about the whole cop with the cuffs in bed. I didn't <laughs> think that was needed. I have no idea why it started off like what, that. What was, the, what was the point of that? That's that's why I thought him and the female cop were gonna fall in love, right? Because she was so like not uptight, but just professional and businesswoman-y. And he was, you know, handcuffed to a bed at the start of the book. And so I really thought through the course of investigating this, they would fall in love. But no, it was just characterization, I guess. Also, the, them talking about how gross the body smelled for, like, multiple chapters was Ugh. just a lot. I was like, please, we get it. It smells bad. Yeah, and the maggots in the head. Oof. Okay, I guess we should talk about who the characters even are. Mm. I kind of think Oliver's my favorite character. I, <laughs> I do yeah. But I just feel like he was a kid who was 12. He was 12, and I really, when he talked about how kids don't know the consequences of their actions, that is so true. The things I did in high school feel like a lifetime ago, like my brain was not developed. Honestly, that time in my life sometimes feels like a fog Like, kids are so stupid. No offense if you're listening to this as a kid, but I remember just being so stupid. And you don't think, like, you think you're thinking about the consequences, but you're not really. And you panic. Something goes wrong. You panic. You try and cover it up. You don't want to get in trouble. People's approval matters. And, yeah, so he was a kid. He did his time. Now he's an adult. He's trying to do right. He's trying to, like, not break the law, move on, be a good person, and oh, I did like Oliver a lot. <laughs> it was just, he was so paranoid so much, and he just really liked her. Whenever, um, it was the backpack, and she, like, basically had a panic attack because he had this backpack. And then, like, she turns around, and he just, like, actually set up this whole romantic dinner for her. Yeah. Like, it, it makes so much more sense now why she was so paranoid the entire first half of the book. Because yeah. I was wondering, I was like... Okay, like, you're the one who, A, you were going to break quarantine rules just to see him. B, you accepted his move-in request after three weeks of knowing him. And C, like, you're there. You've committed, like, you've gone this far, you've slept together. Like, why are you so jumpy around him? Mm -hmm. And it makes more sense now that she was basically undercover cop. Yeah, undercover vigilante. Okay, so I have some discussion questions. One was about the crazy timeline format. I didn't love when it went from Kara to his point of view, like, so far between. Like, I, mm-hmm. if they put it back to back, I feel like it would make more, a little bit more mm-hmm. sense. I didn't mind the back and forth of days, though, in, like, one point of view. Because yeah. it did make sense. Like, whenever it, was, whenever it was his point of view of, like, oh, I have to confess, and her point of view of, of creating the plan to infiltrate his life, I kind of liked that because it revealed a lot. Right. But... 
after the point where it was her brother was involved in the whole situation, uh-huh. I was like, okay, I need to finish this book. I need to know what happens. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. From that point forward, I had to finish it. I also was getting concerned when we got to the end of the book and the present day timeline still hadn't solved the murder, but but they never did. They just went with he accidentally drowned himself. So I kind of wish she'd expanded on that part more, but. Uh, Timeline-wise, yeah, I agree with everything you said. She could have written more. Like, it was a pretty short book. Like, it was only 300 pages. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't know what res- resolution would have I would have wanted. Like, I wouldn't have wanted Kara to get caught. But, I mean, I also didn't want him to die without justice. But I don't think if that went to court, like, no one would support him. Him? I think everyone would be like, he was a child murderer. Yeah. He, he was, was a boy child be. murderer. But I, again, I agree with the whole, like, he was a child, we shouldn't hold it against him. Yeah. And I think it's a good thing that his name was hidden from the press. I mean, some people knew. Yeah. That news lady was annoying. I thought maybe she was somehow involved or, like, helped Ciara cover it up or whatever. Because, I, I don't know. I, she just, she had a fishy sent to her. But she ended up not being involved and ended up just being annoying she kind of was involved in a way because she was like she well Kara knew whenever that's another weird thing I didn't really think about like whenever oh whenever they're at the grocery store and the news lady was like Laura was like do you know who Oliver's real last name is and like she did and she has this like panic attack of like who are you but she knew who she was who he was yeah yeah I don't that didn't make sense I guess okay what does it deal with Laura's letter did you think that was dumb? That she sent a blank letter? Yeah. I thought it was clever. I, I mean, only in the sense that he fell for it. But I don't think I would have been paying that close of attention. I mean, she would have had to have been watching 24-7. It also didn't make sense, though. Like, she's like, I didn't want to scare him. I just wanted to talk to him. But you scared him. Yeah, you definitely scared him. And the thing is, like, I don't really like news reporters. I got to be honest, because they'll say things like that, like, oh, well, I wasn't trying to scare them as they leave a threatening note about revealing who you are to the public. Like, you know, they're trying to manipulate you, and that just, ugh, I don't like that, and I really felt bad for Oliver. Yeah, I didn't like her at all. Whenever they're outside, after they came up, she pulled the fire alarm twice to try and get him outside, uh-huh. and she went up to Kira? Sierra. Sierra, Kara, whatever the heck her name is. And she's like, if anything happens, let me know. Like, that's so... If you're with some random boy after a month and someone comes up to you and was like, if anything happens, come to me. Uh Like, I would be running for the hills. Also, I really hated that because legally she is not allowed to reveal his identity, right? He, He was a child when this crime happened. It was clearly a bad thing. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to justify what happened. That was bad. But he served his time, and now he's out, and he's trying to live his life. She, Laura, is, like, stalking him, leaving threatening notes, and then threatening his girlfriend, basically. Like, you know, oh, if something, you know, if he ever does something, I'm here for you. You're revealing a piece of his identity, because now Sierra has to ask him, okay, what does that mean? And that's just, again, like, I feel like it's a manipulation tactic. I don't feel like it was right. Maybe it's right, like, okay, you are, you do want to warn Ciara so she doesn't get killed. Maybe, I guess, I don't know. I just feel like it was handled wrong. I see why she's in the, the whole, sh- like, 
book. Like, she served some purpose, sort of, but she was just really annoying. I still don't see the purpose of the, the guy cop. I, I see as <laughs> no purpose to his plot line. I don't understand why we had to listen to him with the handcuffs to the bed. That's a good point. We could have literally had the whole book without him and nothing would have changed. It doesn't even explain why he was in this, like, old house being handcuffed to the bed. Yeah, she acted like the stairs were going to cave in as she was walking up. Like, we were, we were talking an old house and he's handcuffed to a bed with stolen handcuffs, by the way. We got more detail about that house than we did Oliver's house. <laughs> yeah. I almost wonder if the author wanted to run with a plot there and then, I don't know, just changed her mind. <laughs> or her mom was just like, no, no. <laughs> because, yeah, like, we got so much detail about the house. I remember reading it. I'm like, okay, I'll pay attention. Like, what's going on in this house right now? Uh-huh. Like, who's murdered in it? And... Just freaking just a guy handcuffed to the bed that served no point to the actual plot. No. no, unless, I guess the only thing is at the end, he was like, we just need to drop the case because the female cop wanted to pursue it more. And he's like, eh, let's just drop it. So it's more of like his character? Maybe, I guess. But, I, I mean, being handcuffed to the bed was still irrelevant. <laughs> I don't understand how Oliver went so long being dead and no one cared also the fact that the news lady found him like a week prior and just like let him rot yeah i i mm, i'm not i feel like that's illegal i think it is too because i think it's tampering with the crime scene but also like you live in that building you really want to smell a dead body for over two weeks also why did she stay at that point because her whole purpose of being there was to investigate him so once she discovered him dead honestly i would have dipped because she would have looked more suspicious yeah i guess but yeah, no, I'm pretty sure if you find a dead body, you you should report that. <laughs> I just understand, yeah, like, why would I, oh, yeah, I love this smell. Let me just leave it there for, like, I know you're on the same floor, but, like, you know your neighbors smelling that? Also, the smell was so bad, why did the neighbors not call prior? I don't, I don't know, his brother, it seemed like his brother and him checked in occasionally. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're with an empty for over a week, I would probably call the cops sooner than just, like, his brother never called the cops. No, no. It was convenient. I did think this was smart of the author. The convenience of his company offered him two weeks off. And so that's why, like, his company didn't check in. Because I was thinking, wouldn't my boss be like, Marissa, we need those work papers. Um, but he was technically on unpaid time off during that time. I still think the two weeks would have ended, though, and they should have checked in probably. Also, I think he was due back on Monday. Oh, that's um, convenient. But the way he ended that call with his boss, he was very jumpy. And it seemed like his boss and his brother were best friends. So wouldn't you think, like, the boss was like, oh, hey, your brother seems, like, not okay. Like, why don't you check in? And, like, when he doesn't check in, when you be like, oh, maybe something's wrong. I mean, yeah. I, logic. It, I, logic. I don't, this book didn't have a ton of logic. Also, another question was, did Oliver not recognize Sierra from the trial? But I guess she wasn't there. But I feel like she might have looked like her brother. She might have looked like her brother, but he also hadn't seen them in a long time. She was eight. Yeah. People change a lot. I mean, I don't necessarily look the same. I can see how he wouldn't have recognized her. I just... But for him being so paranoid as he was... That's true. Like, wouldn't you think he would, like, almost think that... 
Like, it could be her. Or it could be, yeah, I don't know. If, if, he was so paranoid for any reporters. Any little thing. Whenever we first met her, he was like, maybe she's studying ships to get to me. Like, he was so <laughs> paranoid. And, like, I don't know, maybe my brain would probably jump to, like, oh, what if this is someone's family member, though? Like, what happened? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point. He was super paranoid. It seems like he should have been up to date on potential threats. And, obviously, that guy's family would have been a potential threat especially when that guy jeffrey that was his name right he he gave oliver the scar right i think so wait they literally got into a brawl in prison and i'm pretty sure cut him gave him the scar and then later he ended up taking his own life because he couldn't deal with basically having his life ruined being told he was the one who had to serve the sentence when he knew he hadn't yeah instigated it now he did stand by i feel like that's you know still bad so like do your time but anyway oh knowing that the brother was so upset with him you would think he would have told his family like hey i didn't do it this guy lied like keep an eye on him and so maybe with his paranoia he should have thought about that and looked into the brother's family this is confusing because we don't know their names. <laughs> yeah, or I, I'm following, yes. Like, her whole goal is to fill this unresolved, like, issue for her mother. Like, her mother being unknown. But, like, I don't know. I feel like you probably could have asked him what happened. Like, your son. If your son's saying, oh, it's not my fault. Like, I probably would have just believed him. Believe the son. Exactly. Yeah, maybe more talking about it, the logic isn't there. And, and also, I would have rather spent the last few months with my mom... Because, you know, the mom dies at the end of this book, pretty much. The sister's like, yeah, she's she's going now. And I would have rather spent some time with my mom than spent some time with the killer. Than falling in love with a murderer, <laughs> moving in with him. And then ultimately killing him. Weird turn of events. <laughs> okay, so you are the thriller queen of this podcast. Where does this rate in all the thrillers we've read for the podcast and in general? I personally, this is not the type of thriller I like to read. First of all, the first 200 pages felt like a romance with just kind of a dark history. Like, okay, who is this guy? That kind of thing. So it, it was like, it was almost like reading a romance. And when I read thrillers, I want to be checking over my shoulder. I want to be like scared every time I hear a noise. You know, like I don't like horror. Horror is not the same. I don't like horror. But thrillers... I need to be jumpy on the edge of my seat. With this one, like, yes, I wanted to find out what was going to happen, but it's more like I wanted to see if they were going to make it work or not. I feel like this is more of a mystery yeah, than a thriller, but do you think you like this book better than As Good As Dead? No. A Good Girl's Guide to Murder is one of, like, my top thriller series. But even the last one? What happened in the last one? She murdered somebody. <laughs> Um, no, I still liked As Good As Dead better. Hey, that one was my least favorite of that series, I it, have to admit. It was my least favorite as well, but I just love Pip and Robbie. I do. The, I remember actually right after we recorded, you were like mad at Pip and Robbie. <laughs> yeah. I think now you've regained your love for them. I've forgiven them. I get it, you know. No, I don't think this is a book that's going to go down with like my memories of books I've liked. It's, I kind of like thrillers like this where I'm not jumpy because I don't want to be scared when I go to sleep at night. But, so I didn't mind reading this book because I actually wasn't looking forward to it because you were like, I didn't like it. So then I was like, 
oh joy, like I'm gonna have to read a book I hate. And then I actually kind of liked it. So yeah. I didn't, yeah, I think I still gave it a three on Goodreads just because it's not like my, it would never be something I'd recommend to somebody, but I didn't mind reading it. For me, it was just that we knew from the start someone died. Uh, there was a body found. And you learned pretty quickly that it's a male. So I figured it was Oliver. I was almost hoping for a big twist at the end where it was like a Bonnie and Clyde situation and they actually killed someone else on accident or on purpose. I don't know. Like they were both crazy. Um, but it didn't end up being like that. And so the twist at the end wasn't big enough for me to feel like this was a top 10 thriller. I wish that they would have Bonnie and Clyde, whoever was going after him. Yeah. Like, say someone was trying to come for him, uh -huh. and, like, they're leaving really encrypted messages to him, like, in this mailbox, being like, we know who you are, we know what you did. And she turns around and was like, stays with him and fights for him. That would yeah. have been a really good book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we always do this. We always try to plot new books. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would have loved the Bonnie and Clyde situation in this one. Um, kind of like uh, the Netflix show You. Uh, have you seen it? No. That uh, one is a little too close for home. We live in New York City and we're uh, girls in our 20s. I just can't. Okay, I won't spoil it for you, but I will say in the second season when love stands by Joe's side, mm, that's what I was hoping for in this book. <laughs> I, I'm curious of what she said to her mother. I don't know. Her mother's like dying and she's like, Mom, I have to tell you one more thing. Your son... Well, actually, so his, like, friend that he committed murder with, I, I fell in love with him. I befriended him. I had been living with him for the past couple of months. And he admitted that it wasn't actually your son's fault. Like, imagine telling your mother that, like, yeah. as she's dying. As she's dying. Like, the final thing you're going <laughs> to say to her. And your mom's like, honey, I'm about to cross over. Will you just tell me you love me one <laughs> final time? Uh, I also imagine their mom is pretty senile at that point. She'd gone crazy with the trauma of that event and wasn't fully functioning fully there because I don't know they just described her I felt like she was not fully herself so I didn't think that conversation would go over well on the phone yeah I felt really bad she's like, she's like wait <laughs> <laughs> like the sister's like she's going now and your thought is to go wait get, just give me a minute <laughs> Like, it's not really something we can just put pause on here. <laughs> I know you see the light, but just turn around for a minute. I got to tell you <laughs> I got the tea. <laughs> Overall, not the best book we've read for the podcast. We're just trying to get more genres in here. Mm -hmm. This is a book of the month pick, I think, for both of us. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it was a book about COVID. So I was like, this is going to be, you know, breaking news, like cutting edge, First book I've read about COVID, and it was good. Like, I, I don't want to, like, bash the book. I think the idea was very clever. Two people moving in together at the start of quarantine. Both had motives to keep it quiet. You know, there, there were lots of details like that that I thought were really well thought out. I just personally, it's not the type of thriller I enjoy. The twist at the end wasn't too big. I mean, it was, it was a good twist. It was one you didn't see coming, but also it wasn't one that made my heart stop and be like, oh my gosh, that's the river. What about her writing? Because you, you judge writing better than I do. Her writing was fine. She's European, right? I'm going to assume. She's born in Cork. Cork. Okay. Hey, they mentioned that accent several times. 
I think, yeah. And she said that she lived in a small apartment during quarantine, like Sierra did, and she's from Cork, like Sierra. Okay. Is. So she related a lot of things that Sierra did were things the author has like in common, <laughs> but besides the whole murder part. Are, are we sure about that? <laughs> Was this book a confession? <laughs> is this fact? Is this, is this actually a, a nonfiction? Yeah. No, but because of her difference in culture, there were some weird sentences. Like we talked about how they called the police something else. And the way they worded things sometimes, I felt like sentences weren't complete. But I think it's just a cultural thing. Their expressions are different than ours. Yeah, I thought she's pretty good with wrapping it all up. Yeah. Like, things were there for a reason. We met the girl with the cigarette. I wondered why the cigarette girl was even in there. Uh-huh. And then it all made sense. The cigarette girl was actually the reporter. And she, like... It was funny because he was so paranoid about Sierra in the beginning. And then when this girl with the cigarette comes along, he was not even paranoid at all. Because he was just so nervous about being on, like, that date with mm-hmm. her. Which is kind of cute. It makes the ending so much more sad. Would you think it'd be cuter if they were both trying to kill each other? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hell yes. (laughs) Oh, man, that would have been so good. Like, they're both plotting each other's murders, and so they're trying to get each other to fall in love with each other. But, you know, they're they're both in quarantine in a small apartment. And there's tension between them, but, like, like passionate tension and, like, ooh, one kiss away from a murder. Oh, man. Give me that book. I mean, I don't want to make it a habit of reading COVID books because it was weird going back to this time where we were so uncertain. Like, her panic attack in the grocery store, like, I remember driving home from the city our office closed what march 15th mm-hmm. and i called her i was like mom pick me up like i'm scared <laughs> and i remember like my chest felt tight you thought it was covid but really it was just anxiety <laughs> yes i remember so many days in the office where your chest was tight or lily's chest was tight or even mine like right there at the end like the three days before we all checked out and we were all like, it's COVID, it's COVID, it's COVID. And it was not COVID. It was literally panic attacks. <laughs> yeah, it was just getting so worse in New York. And I think it hit Dublin a little later. It must have because the dates in this were slightly off. She said, I think it went into like full quarantine um, March 28th. So it was like about like a week later than ours. When they were all going to like the meeting room, whenever they were actually in the office, they were like, Oh, what are we gonna do? Like, I remember like Charlie calling us and be like, "You guys need to start like figuring out how, to, how you're gonna work from home." And, yeah, like, yeah. It's weird because we just read this and then we're kind of still living in this whole work from home environment. Yeah, they, things are opening back up. Yeah, for the most part, things are open. Like, but it's just I don't know. It's weird to bring you back to that time. But yeah, I definitely don't want to make a habit of reading all these books. Yeah, I also think it's funny she just fake worked in his apartment. Yeah, she didn't have a job. <laughs> I thought she was pretty, like, smart, like, worked at this tech company, doing this cool techie stuff, and then you find out she's playing solitaire on her computer while he works. <laughs> Whatever, she's like, I need, the, I need that room for, like, meetings and stuff. <laughs> Who was she having meetings with? <laughs> the arrogance was when she wasn't on the phone with anybody? I have no idea. They were, they were both lying to each other constantly. <laughs> Really built on, like, a solid foundation. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but overall, like, I was just never moving with a boy for quarantine. Probably, yeah, no. Okay, so what do you give this book rating-wise? Um, rating, I... It's, it's a good book. So it's a three. It's a good book. 
I would, I would not read it again. <laughs> you know, like three is good, four is above average, and five is like hallelujah, best book ever, right? So it's a three for me. I give it a three seven. Ooh, because I really didn't like. I breezed through it. Uh, I could do half audio because we were in a crunch time, but. No, I didn't. I thought the writing was pretty good. I thought she did. She was really clever with it. I, I, yeah. I gave it a three seven. It's not like I'm not going to recommend it. I'm not going to read it again. But that was a pretty good book. Yeah, it was fine. Next week we are reading a Court of Silver Flames. Ah! <laughs> we are very excited to read Sarah J. Mass. Um, I was just like more so that I'm so sad that like I finished all the books she has out for now yeah. this past year that I'm like, what do we read next? I am currently rereading Akasif for the third time. <laughs> yes, and I'm reading it for the first time. But we are excited to record that next week and release it next week. Um I'm excited to get something a little lighter. <laughs> I know. I was when I was reading 56 Days, we'd just come off November 9th, which was a romance but was dark. It's a similar romance yes. vibe to this, actually. That's what I thought. So this was supposed to be a thriller, but I was like, it gives me the same vibes as November 9th. Dark, like romance, but dark and people are lying about something. It's actually really similar really thinking similar. about it. Like, yeah. he set her on fire. <laughs> I hate when my boyfriend sets me on fire. He, she murdered him. Same vibe. Same vibe. Very similar. So if you like November 9, we have a book suggestion for you. Less steam, though. Less, less steam. It's a fade to black, I think. She basically was like, whenever he touches me, I don't want him to. <laughs> I have to be drunk enough for him to touch me. <laughs> yes. It's uh, so a, li- a little different, but uh, no. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Uh, dark books. We've been reading dark books. We did As Good as Dead, November 9, 56 Days. I'm excited to just do something that feels familiar and happier. It's an, it, you know, a fantasy, but also a romance. It's not really happy, though. She's basically struggling through depression most of the book. <laughs> yes, but they're smut. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I love Akasif, but I would never classify it as, like, a happy book. But yeah, we'll dive into that book next week, and then we have some other fun stuff coming up. Um, I actually don't think we're really reading a happy, happy book until the last book of the series. Is that in a holidays? Yeah. But Yeah. Thank you for listening. Let us know what you think about 56 Days or any other books we read this season. Have a good day. This is Kayla. And Marissa. And make sure to follow us at Book Talks Podcast on Instagram and Facebook.